That was his absolute limit. Langdon was six foot two and carried 220 pounds of hard muscle, and steam was coming out of his ears. He launched himself at the security team, grabbed their infamous search wand, and snapped it right in half. Thankfully, the magistrate Tom appeared before had recently endured airport security of an extremely overzealous nature. Also, the red flag raised at the gate had been, shockingly, a mistake. Thus, Tom only received a stern warning. However, he'd been banned from placing his miserable person on any air carrier that flew within the continental United States for the next two years. Thus, he was going to take the train to L.A. He was going to write a story about it traveling by rail from sea to shining sea during the Christmas season. He'd had a grand motivation beyond spending the holiday with Lelia. Tom Langdon was one of the Elmira, New York Langdons. Olivia Langdon gained lasting fame by marrying the loquacious orator, irascible personality, and prolific scribe known to the world as Mark Twain. Tom had known of this familial connection since he was old enough to block-letter his name. It had always inspired him to earn his living with words. Twain had also been a journalist. Shortly before he died, Tom's father had asked his son to finish something that, according to legend, Twain never had. As his father told it, Mark Twain had taken a transcontinental railroad trip over the Christmas season during the latter part of his life. He'd supposedly taken extensive notes, but had never distilled them into a story. That's what Tom's father had asked him to do. Take the train ride, write the story, finish what Twain never had. Now, because he could no longer fly, he was finally going to take that trip for his old man, and maybe for himself, too. Over almost 3,000 miles of America, he was going to see if he could find himself. He was doing it during the Christmas season because that was supposed to be a time of renewal and, for him perhaps, a last chance to clean up whatever mess he'd made of himself. At least, he was going to try. He got out of the cab in front of Union Station in Washington, D.C., where his train trip would begin. Tom had reservations in a sleeping car compartment on the Capital Limited train that would carry him from D.C. to Chicago. He actually had to take two trains to get to the West Coast. The Capital Limited constituted the first leg, and the venerable Southwest Chief would handle the second and much longer jaunt. The cap as the Limited was affectionately known, was always considered the most stylish and sophisticated long-distance train in the country. In its long history, the cap had carried kings and presidents and movie stars from Chicago to D.C. and back again. Tom could have had a lucrative career as a society reporter simply covering the ribald antics of train passengers on that route. The Capital Limited left D.C. at 4.05 p.m., made 12 stops between Washington and Chicago, and arrived the following morning in the Windy City at 9.19 a.m. Tom had a layover in Chicago until that afternoon, where he'd board the Southwest Chief and sail on to L.A. 
He picked up his tickets, checked his ski equipment with the baggage agent. Lilia and he were going to the elegantly chic slopes of Tahoe for Christmas and observed the grandeur of Union Station. The train would be boarding shortly, so he headed to the departure area. There were no security checkpoints, no nosy wands, no inane questions about whether you'd let a complete stranger load a small thermonuclear device in your carry-on bag while you were in the men's room. You just jumped on and went. The simplicity of it all was refreshing. Tom sat down in the cap waiting area and began studying his fellow passengers. There were whites and African Americans and Native Americans, Muslims in traditional garb, Asian Americans, a nice sampling of ethnicity and origins. An attractive young couple sitting next to Tom were holding hands.